Register again. The Bones DK family strikes again. A $10,000 first place score for the namesake Bones DK in last week's event. Now look, before we introduce the guys that are here on today's pod, um, that is a $70,000 cash now. That's a $40,000 cash. We had Wolfgoat1, who's a listener to the cast, uh, get a $50,000 cash. We had Covey, who's a listener to the cast, get a $50,000 cash. Last week... We won $6,000, so Bones DK Golf, I want to introduce you first, hanging out in Colorado after the big win. Talk about the lineup. Just talk about the momentum you got right now. You know, it's not a flash in the pan when you're able to put together six and seven five-digit scores. Talk about the week, and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, man, thank you. Uh, Yeah, we've been grinding deep. That was just, it just felt so good. Um, All our previous caches were second place, second place, second place, third place. So that was our first bracelet, man. And uh, it felt really good. And, and, you know, thanks to the contest, only 100-man contest, uh, big buy-in. But uh, the $15 entry would have won $35. So uh, we won $10,035 with that that lineup. I got to give a lot of credit to Wildman. He helps me out. Uh, We dig deep. We... He got me on Higo. Um, you know, I like Perez and Poulter in English, and he likes Swafford. So uh, I just got to throw it out to Wildman as well. He got me on a lot of these guys. I love what he provides. So listen to Wildman. Uh, I take his takes and make my plays. So it, it felt really good. And um, I want to give out a uh, shout out, shout out to Bish also. He gave me this hat, the U.S. Open 2020. He actually won the 333 last year for 10K and sent me this hat uh, as a thanks. He wants me to wear the jacket, but uh, it's a little hot today, so I'm wearing the hat for him. So it's U.S. Open 2021 time. I can't believe I left the old Bish Bash out there. He did have a $10,000 score earlier this year as well. So things are red hot. What do you say, Higo? Wild man called it. He also nailed it with Harris English. I mean, it, it was a, it, it, as I just said a minute ago, it wasn't only just a great week, Wild Man, but there's some red hot momentum we got going into this U.S. Open. This is a special weekend for us. How are you approaching it? What kind of research have you done so far? Yeah, I think one of the, <clears throat> one of the great things that I say to Bones DK all the time is you can't manufacture the eye test. You know, I mean, we watch a lot of golf. We're prepared for this stuff. You know, early in the week last week, I think it was maybe on Monday even, Rob. I said, you know, I was driving in the car and I'm like, man, it's just, this course just feels like a Hudson Swafford course. He's just that type of player. Uh, And sure enough, you know, Swafford 2% owned in that contest, T2 for the win. So again, just feeling great about the first place, getting the bracelet. But this week it's the U.S. Open. It's the biggest event in this country. You can argue it's the Masters. I don't buy it. It's the U.S. Open. This is what everybody wants. Uh, it's a huge open style field, 156 players. So you're going to get um, a, a gigantic field. It's going to be long. It's going to be hard. It's going to be deep. It's going to be rough. All right. It's going to be all those things. So it should be really exciting. We're prepared. We're ready to go. I mean, majors is where we eat, baby. Let's go. Speaking of the rough, I don't know if you guys saw the Ian Poulter viral clip, who, by the way, if they're giving away that 40 million bucks to a social media uh, player on the tour right now, Ian Poulter's got to be in the top five. But did you guys see the rough? I mean, we all know what U.S. Open rough is. It's four, five, six, seven, eight inches deep. But you couldn't even see this guy's ball. He was right on top of it. He had to really, like, kind of weed down. 
Um, the course is always difficult at U.S. Open, and it does take a very special kind of player to win the U.S. Open, Bones DK. So, um, you know, where do you kind of, what kind of stats are you looking at? Because you got to be good everywhere. You got to be able to putt. You got to be able to hit small targets on the green, and you got to be able to put it out there a long way in really tight fairways. So it really is going to take the complete player this week. It's going to win this. Yeah, I know everyone's talking about driving distance, obviously. But, hey, you want those guys that are accurate off the tee. Because if you are short off the tee, but you're hitting it down the middle, you're going to still have probably an advantage of somebody that's hitting it 20 yards further than you in the deep, deep rough. So, you know, I'm looking at guys that can just really hit it down the middle, good irons, and somebody that can putt. I mean, when Tiger Woods won this in 2008, he won it at minus one. And it was only him and Rocket Immediate that finished under par here in 2008. So, it's going to be a really difficult course. So I'm looking at guys that are accurate off the tee and uh, bogey avoidance. I mean, a par is going to be good enough this week. If you just shoot even par, you might win. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just looking at driving accuracy and uh, ball striking approach. It is a legendary course at Torrey Pines, wild man. Uh, last guy to win here was Tiger Woods in a, in a memorable event against Rocco Mediate. Um, what kind of insight can you give us about the course? I mean, as we said, it's U.S. Open. It's, it's kind of out there in front of you. We know what we're going to get. Uh, any type of insight you can offer us, though, on Torrey Pines out in San Diego? Yeah, there, there's a couple really important things here. You know, a lot of people like course history. Uh, the PGA Tour traditional event, the Farmers, is actually played on both courses out here at Torrey. Uh, this weekend's event, the U.S. Open, is going to be played on the south course only. So keep that in mind as well. Not only is it going to be a different style layout because you've got four events on the south course as opposed to not all four events uh, rounds on the south course. But this is this is going to play completely different. Like, as, as you guys just mentioned, one under, and it was Tiger, the only player under par besides Mediate, which is crazy. On a but, broken leg and a torn ACL, by the way. Right, well, so they say, right, so they say. I got two broken fingers and a broken foot right now, <laughs> you know, right? But, uh, but no, honestly, uh, um, you know, you're going to see a course that's playing 15, 20 shots different than the farmer's insurance. So keep that in mind. You know, you like to um, get out there and, and – Look at course history, guys that have succeeded at Tory. This is not Tory, the farmers here. Totally different course. Um, you know, you, you tend to see some Europeans make runs here. And I'll give you one small take on that. Over in Europe, you deal with a lot of fescue, which is, you know, dire straits if you're missing fairways or getting wayward off the tee. Um, so they're accustomed to that, like not just going into one or two inch rough, going into playing out sideways out of the rough, essentially giving up a shot. So um, we got a lot of internationals that we're liking on the board here. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's going to be extraordinarily important to get off the tee and have a second shot in. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, par for birdie. Just for the record, Wild Man believes that Tiger Woods faked the 2008 injury, <laughs> went through with the ACL surgery after the tournament just to just to continue the fake up. And by the way, Tiger had won 17 out of 28 events going into that U.S. Open. Uh, it was a streak almost like none other, if, unless you went back to the 30s and 40s when it was Bobby Jones and those guys there. So Old Tom Morris. Old Tom Morris, yeah. right. Can you believe they still even – they ought to be embarrassed when they show him as like a, a statistic in the history of golf. Old Tom Morris. But anyhow, let's, let's keep it to the U.S. Open here in 2008 – Tiger was a clear-cut favorite. 
And I think if you look at this year's tournament, I think you do have a clear-cut favorite here in John Rahm. He's not only the betting favorite, he seems to be the media darling right now, too. He did take his um, his forced withdrawal from COVID very gracefully. Um, and he's the highest-ranked guy on DraftKings this week. But I do believe it's going to take... A blue chip, a guy that's been here before that's going to win this event. It usually does. That's why you get a lot of repeat winners here as well, because it takes a very special kind of player. Is John Rum the guy that you need to have in your lineup? And if we look at some of those other guys, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, you know that Kepka is going to be there as much as we may not like it. This is what he, this is all he cares about are these types of tournaments. And then another guy flying under the radar, in my opinion, Justin Thomas. You got a lot of guys at the top that I think you may need to build your lineup around. That's just my take. What's yours, Bones, DK? Yeah, man, this is an interesting range. Obviously, it's the U.S. Open, so the top dogs are going to come through for you. Uh, you know, the risk is if you if you play one of these top dogs with the high price, that you're going to have to play a cheap guy, maybe in this uh, low 7 or 6K range that uh, has high volata- uh, volatility and has a chance to miss the cut. So uh, you're going to have to pick and choose here, but... You know, a lot of people are on John Rahm. Uh, I agree with his price, but I'm probably not going to find myself on Rahm this week. I'm looking at guys like Jordan Spieth, who nobody's talking about, and uh, Dustin Johnson in this top range. I mean, literally nobody's talking about uh, Jordan Spieth, and his stats are all green here. Look at this. Uh, first at the Valero Texas Open, third at the Masters, had a decent showing at the PGA uh, 30th, uh, followed up by a second and an 18th, so... Um, I kind of like Spieth here with a with low ownership. Uh, he's a grinder. He's great out of the rough. He's not amazing off the tee, but look here. Uh, he is gaining still off the tee. In fact, he's improving each time. So I got I like the, uh, Jordan Spieth here. And my second play, obviously, I've won a lot of money on this guy. Uh, I, love, I liked what I saw last week. Um, he's doing great off the tee. I mean, he bombs it and he's accurate. I mean, give me that all day at this course. His approach is there. He's good around the green. And uh, this is Poa Grass, and look where Dustin Johnson is on Poa Grass. He loves it. So give me Dustin Johnson all day here. I like that price. I like that discount. Uh, John Rom has won zero majors. Uh, DJ's won many, and I've won a lot of money on him. I actually won some money on Rom too. I, I do like him, but give me DJ over Rom uh, in this in, this week for sure. Johnson's only won one major, choked many majors away. Keep that in mind. Expensive prices for those top three guys. What do you think about Justin Thomas, wild man? At nine thousand seven hundred, that's a, that's a good price for that guy. He wins a lot of tournaments. He's young. He is the kind of player who hits precision iron shots and can hit the ball out there a long way. And he's known to run a putt or two in as well. Anybody in that top tier? And what do you think about Justin Thomas? Well, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because I just talked about uh, how course history wasn't as important um, at this particular course. However. One argument against that is that uh, Thomas doesn't like this course when it plays easy. Uh, This has essentially been crossed off his calendar on the PGA Tour schedule. I I don't believe he's teed it up here professionally since 2015. So it's not a course he enjoys anyways. Might not enjoy the look or just how it's laid out. So imagine it playing 15 shots more difficult. He's probably not going to like it this week either. Uh, Thomas is a guy I won't be playing. but, But like you said, the cream always rises to the top in majors it would not be shocking at all to see him in the top 10 uh i just don't believe this is his week to win uh dj is a guy this is important to note okay 
He's actually won two majors because he just won the Masters a few months ago. But it's a bit of an anomaly that he only has two. He was uh, penalized for grounding his club in a waste bunker at Whistling Straits at the PGA 10 years ago. He three-putted the 72nd hole to give it Chambers Bay to speak. Um, you know, had another ball where his ball oscillated on the green or something. Like, he's really been snake bit at majors and still has uh, an almost immaculate record. So he's a guy that could easily have five or six majors. But, but most importantly, a guy you should expect to be there anytime he tees it up. Um, cool as a cucumber. So I like DJ a lot in this range, especially at a, at a shorter discount and a, um, you know, from the top that is, and, and potentially an ownership break. I mean, all day long. That's good stuff right there. So the $9,000 tier really isn't that loaded. So we're going to throw some guys from the $8,000 tier in this next group as well. You have Shoffley at 9,300, Morikawa, who's a major winner at 9,500, uh, Cantlay, who just won last week, Patrick Reed, who I don't know what your models are saying, guys. Again, I'm just the host that throws out some some opinions. But boy, I like Patrick Reed also playing with John Rahm in the first two rounds. That leads me to believe that Reed's going to have his A game going. Then you got some pretty good, uh, some pretty solid guys to think about here with Matsuyama, Webb Simpson, Zalatoris, who's had three top tens in majors this year, Scotty Scheffler, who we love so much at 8,500. Bones, DK, you know, are you starting your lineup with any of these guys? How are they getting in? If they are, how are you working them into your lineup? Yeah, this is where you get a lot of value here. And this is what I'm talking about. If you don't start with Rom or DJ, you're going to get some juicy prizes here with great players. I mean, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley coming off the win over Morikawa. And then you got, like you said, Patrick Reed. Uh, I think it's Patrick Reed season. I do agree with that. I mean, you could easily start you know, a top guy like DJ or, or JT and, and pair him up with Reed this week. So I love that pairing. Um, this is a really juicy range. Xander's killing me. Um, Morikawa, I don't know what to do with him. I mean, he his price is offensive. If you ask me, 9,500. Uh, this guy almost won last week. He literally has the best irons in the entire world right now. And it's not even a question. You can't argue it. So um, it just depends if he can handle the fast greens and and around the green, you know, the, the rough is long. So if he does miss, that does worry me a little bit. You need guys that can save themselves good around the green that can play, uh, you know, set, set themselves out of trouble here, out of the sand. So if Morikawa is off, he tends to implode like that. And that's the problem with him. He either comes in first or it seems like he misses the cut. Um, so Colin Morikawa is interesting. He can win this. Uh, Xander Shoffley, love this guy. He actually has top six in all four of his U.S. Opens. And I know they're different courses, but that just goes to show. He shows up in majors, uh, third of the Masters, but did miss the cut of the PGA. However, his irons are there, good off the tee. You can see his stats are there, um, good on POA. So, yeah, I like Xander Shopley this week. Um, I'll give some wild man some time here, but I do want to talk about Wills Outdoors and Scotty Scheffler in a minute. I, I don't know what to do with those guys. They're the young guns that need to prove themselves. But uh, I don't know, wild man, who else do you like out of this range? Shoffley, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Sh I heard Shoffley was in the crowd when Tiger hit the putt in 08. So he's what? a local guy. Um, watched Mediate's, you know, heart break into two pieces uh, live. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, four top sixes, that's not a fluke, you know. Uh, I think you're getting Shoffley as, you know, what is he, the 10th highest-priced golfer with that kind of track record, local guy. Um, 
and has played well in other majors too. I think Shoffley's probably going to be a high-owned player who should play very well. Um, Patrick Reed, man, don't forget this, guys. Ryder Cup's coming up, and John Rahm's going to be on the European team. So this could be a preview of you know what kind of guts these two guys have staring each other down, especially as with uh, Rom being the heavy favorite this week. Uh, wouldn't you like to see Reed come out and pop a few birdies in there and, and maybe put Rom on the ropes? Don't put it past him. Uh, Reed's a major champion and a guy that that gets up in the biggest moments. Don't be surprised to see him play very well this week as well. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say here is, you know, I said cream rises to the top, right? Look at the last two major winners in 2021 since, uh, you know, the COVID strike strict uh, struck season. Matsuyama and Mickelson. So any of these guys that have talent can win out here. Um, I think the Zalatoris versus Scheffler argument is, is an interesting one as well, Rob. But what I would say is, you know, you got to remember this too, guys. 156 golfers, like I mentioned earlier, it's the most exclusive cut in professional golf. Only 60 players and ties go on. Traditional PGA Tour is 65, and some are actually even 70. Used to be 70 at least. So this is an exclusive cut line. You're playing these guys up top, Rom, DJ, Rory, JT, and you're having to match them up with some 7,000, maybe even a $6,000 guy. In an exclusive cut, you gotta be careful. You wanna have six guys in your lineup that you would not be surprised to see lift the trophy uh, on Sunday. So that's a piece of advice for you as well. Gotta have six for six here. Keep in mind, Shoffley is a local guy playing with Mickelson in the first two group, uh, first two days as well. So two local guys playing in their hometown who play all the time together. Does that lift both of their games? Mickelson is, is you know high as a kite right now. He's really feeling it. He believes he can win. So that's uh, pairings this week is something I do think you need to look at and what kind of chemistry. And as you said, wow, man, maybe what kind of matchups you have going here. As we get into that next tier, again, some juicy guys here. And, and, and was there one last comment, Bones, DK, you wanted to make about Zalatoris and Scheffler before we move on to the next next range? Yeah, I actually find myself in this, in this spot uh, torn between the two of them. And, uh, you know, the stats are pointing Zalatoris, actually, you know, you're looking at him and, and his approach is there. I don't know what happened to the Charles Schwab with his irons, but I'm not too worried about that. I think he can, reco- he can recover. The thing that scares me is, is Scotty Shuffler has two missed cuts here at uh, Torrey Pines in the last two years. And Zalatoris is coming off a seventh place this year at the Farmers. And that's more uh, correlated with the, with the new renovated course. So it, it just, signs are pointing towards Zalatoris. However, however, I skipped Scotty Scheffler last week or when he came in second, where was it? Yeah, he came in third at the Memorial. I had no shares, maybe one, and I was sick to my stomach. I love Scotty Scheffler. Let's go, Scotty Scheffler, for the win. He shows up in Masters. Plug him in your lineup. All right, man. You heard it here first. We, we've always been a big fan of Scheffler, but Bones doubling down on him this week. Let's uh, go, baby. Let's get into that next tier, man. Daniel Berger, who seems to play his best, honestly, in major tournaments. Uh, Terrell Hatton, who I know, I, I don't know what the models say about you guys, but I feel like a lot of, um, I don't know if you'd consider him chalk, but I feel like a lot of people are talking about him this week. We love Corey Connors on this podcast. We love Louis Ooh on this podcast. We love Rosie. We love Cam Smith. Oh man, this is like, you know, choosing between your, your children here. Um, who you liking TW man out of this next tier 
goes anywhere from 8,400 down to 7,700. I'll give you guys a, a really quick riddle here just to show you value again. Player A is a betting favorite, one of the top players in the world, two for four in his last four U.S. Opens with one top 20. Player B is four for four in his last uh, four U.S. Opens with two top 10s and three top 20s. He's also a major champion with multiple runner-ups in the field. They are separated by over $3,000 in DraftKings. What player do you want? Player A is John Rahm. I'd player like B is Louis Eustazen. I'd like B. I'd like B. So there you go. That's 3000 bucks. Think about that when you're trying to go six for six here. You know, betting favorite is one thing. Um, you know, that's that's how mo- that's how public money's coming in. That doesn't mean that they're the most likely to win. So remember that. Um, I'm all over Ustazen here when, you, when you're talking about guts and glory. Um, I mean, steady Eddie off the tee, silky smooth swing, in the fairway, up to the green, two putt pars, making birdies when he needs them at majors all the time. Uh, that's a guy I'm really, really looking hard at. Uh, and then I would also say Paul Casey. I'm on, I'm like Jekyll and Hyde with this guy, man. I, I've faded him most of my life and he's burned me quite a bit. I played him back at Pebble in my big lineup uh, at the US Open a few years ago. And he, I think he shot 79 on opening day, it was DOA. So uh, uh, there's a case for Paul Casey right now. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I'm just going to have to trust my instinct on this one. And I don't know what my instinct is yet. Interesting thought about Paul Casey. Never really gets a lot of love on this podcast at all. Bones DK, any comments on that on that range we just talked about or on Paul Casey, for that matter? He is a nice guy. Always dresses. Yeah. Always looks good on camera. Always gives a good interview. Can he win at the U.S.? He is a I doubt it. I doubt he can win. Can he get through? Maybe, though. He's been so close so many times. I mean, honestly, I do like Paul Casey. He was in my core four at the last major, and uh, he came through kind of, uh, but he kind of collapsed there at the end. But he was on the million-dollar lineup uh, or the 200K lineup, whatever it was. But, you know, he is scary. He's one of those guys that would be like plus four through two, you know, and you're just like, geez, like, what are we going to do, Paul? And he's going to have to fight his way back. But he's a grinder, man. He's been so close so many times. And like you said, uh, wild man, Phil Mickelson won this year, 50 years old. Hideki Matsuyama, a grinder. So I'm not worried about age here. I think he's 43 years old, fourth at the PGA, fifth at the players. Um, I I back Paul Casey, wild man. I like that call. I saw you say something about Terrell Hatton, Edge. Uh, He's he's interesting. He likes Poa. I played him last week, came second place. His irons are there. The only thing that scares me is his major history. I mean, he just has the worst history you can imagine in majors. And he seems to be a little little bit of a baby, honestly. You know, he's throwing his gloves on the course. He might be a little bit of a head case. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that people are actually going to jump on Hatton um, coming off a second, and he's going to implode like usual. So good luck playing Hatton this week. He might bite me in the ass, but uh, I'm not on Hatton this week, even though I played him last week coming off a second place. Good stuff there, Bones DK. We get into that next uh, next level, and really, I'm just going to start running off some names here, Wild Man, and, and you can give me your take on anybody you have in this 7,000 and, and 6,500 range, but Fleetwood's a guy we've talked about here. Mickelson, we just talked about a moment ago at 7,700, I think is an interesting price. He wants the U.S. Open. He believes he can win it. It would really cement his legacy as the second-best golfer of the generation. 
Um, Lowry, who we like a lot on this podcast. Co-Crack, we like a lot. Uh, Sergio is in there at 7,500. Watson, Harris English, Horschel, Homa. I mean, man, uh, Higo's down there at 7,200. So is Hoffman. Guys, we love on this podcast. So you're going to have to make some decisions this week. They're going to be difficult decisions. But if you make the right ones, they're going to pay off, wild man. Who do you like in that kind of... I mean, I, I know I'm throwing a lot of names at you here, but the top three maybe between 6,000 and, and 7,500. I've got Gary Woodland as a guy to watch here. I just saw an interview where... You know, he said, look, I'm feeling great. He's actually been playing pretty well the last couple of months. And he said, look, I didn't have a good result here last year, but I was here to defend, even though I was dealing with some ailments. So I'm back. I'm feeling good, ready to go. Does that get me on him? I doubt it because he won at Pebble, which traditionally doesn't set up as a course as difficult as this. Um, so I don't necessarily like him. You know, Sergio is interesting. And, and I'll tell you why. He's a ball striker. He's a terrible putter. He's been putting with his eyes closed, for crying out loud. Maybe it's his week. I don't know. Where he can get it tee to green. He'll collapse, inevitably, on Sunday. But can he be in contention and just be striping it off the tee? I could see it. Uh, I think Lowry will be popular. And then there's one other guy I want to touch on. And we touched on him last week. And we had him. And we took him a bracelet. Harris English. We were talking about him at the U.S. Open prior to last week and his great result. So... You know, look, you're talking about a guy like, are there going to be people off of him because he double bogeyed the 72nd hole? I mean, he was leading the tournament with 10 holes to go, doing exactly what we needed him to do. And uh, maybe you're catching a break there by just a squirrely tee shot on the 72nd. It makes it look on paper like he didn't play well last week. Um, I think it's a bargain for him at 7,300. Uh, I've always noticed that him and DJ tend to play. Now, DJ plays well everywhere. But when DJ wins tournaments, Harris English is there. Uh, so maybe, I don't know what, if there's anything to that, but I take a good, hard look at at, uh, at Harris English this week. Um, and then last one I'll mention is Kevin Streelman. We're favoring uh, scrambling and good drives and fairways gained. Streelman's number one in the model. Numero uno. So I don't know how much will be on him because Streelman at the U.S. Open, you know, I don't think it's a sure thing by any means, but certainly a guy, if you're stuck down here, to consider. All right, we want your flyer of the week in just one second, but Bones DK, we are running short on time here, but we'd like any final thoughts you have here. What kind of golfers are you looking at in this six to $8,000 range? Man, this range is crazy, like you said. I mean, there's a couple of underpriced guys. I mean, you got Max Homa there. Mark Leishman won the Farmers in 2020, and that was the new renovated course, uh, Tory. So nobody's looking at him, probably because he sucks. But, uh, you know, he's <laughs> fifth place in the Masters this year. He is actually that guy that really can just pop out of nowhere for you. Stats, I don't even look at stats from this guy. He, he just, he can come in like, two missed cuts a 65th and then win and then the next week he comes in 65th he's really a frustrating player but uh a grinder he's really good out of the rough so i i, I kind of like mark leachman here I, I think i'm going to get him in my league lineup honestly i don't know how much money i'm going to spend on him but he's a good gamble this week a lot of people were talking about adam scott to me eh i'm not there uh lee westwood i don't know brandon grace has been playing great golf check out brandon grace i like him Garrick Higo, let's go, baby. I'm not going to play him probably this week, but 
Love that. Uh, Harris English did double. He, he bogeyed and doubled for us only to win by one point. Or no, by a half point in that contest. We should have won by about 15, 20 points. Bout gave me a heart attack. I, I might go back to English this week. I don't know. We were talking about him a lot, but yeah. Um, one guy I want to bring up, and I've been playing him a ton, is Charlie Hoffman, baby. Again, I don't know if he's going to be in my main lineup, but I am going to gamble on this guy this week. Still gaining on approach, still gaining off the tee. Tee to green master. Sucks around the green, but hey, if he's throwing darts, he doesn't need it. Um, I love some Charlie Hoffman, and he loves POA. His results are there, guys. Don't be scared of that 57th at the Memorial. Um, load up Charlie Hoffman, 7,200 bucks. <laughs> I mean, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. Just he's the best, isn't he? He almost I, looks, I mean I want to root for the guy. He <laughs> almost looks like a Hollywood actor portraying a golfer on the golf course. You know what I mean? That's what he reminds me of. Um but yeah, I don't think you could go wrong with Charlie Hoffman, dude. He might be a sneaky pick. There are some good ones down there in that six to eight thousand dollar range, and I'd anticipate the guy that wins the contest that we enter this week is gonna make the right decision in that in that tier level right there. Wild man, your flyer of the week in the last few minutes. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm going to have very little exposure under seven K. I do have an honorable mention flyer of the week at the U S open. It's Marcus Armitage Uh, just became a one-time winner on the European tour. He's got another slew of top tens this season. Got to watch out for lovable character. Um, Might be able to play well here, but the flyer of the week is 6,100. And his name is Chan Kim. He's a bomber, uh, uh, made the cut at the PGA Championship, played in the U.S. Open last year, missed it on the number with a Friday 76. But uh, I, I read something like he won, he's won like seven times on the Japanese tour this year already. And uh, apparently he can hit it a million miles an hour and a million yards. And he blew through his U.S. Uh, US Open qualifier by like double-digit um, margin to to uh qualify uh he's an arizona state guy like phil mickelson like john rom this week's betting favorite chan kim is a guy uh who's going to be the flyer of the week this week at the u.s open interesting i know rob you live out on the west coast so it really doesn't apply to you maybe this is a relief for you but i actually love this weekend being an east coast guy that we're going to get to see tory pines and the the golf will be on a little bit later it won't be 5 30 or so here uh, on the East Coast until these guys tee off. So we'll be watching golf into the uh, 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock hour. We're really looking forward to that. Any final thoughts about Tory Pines, though, uh, Bones DK, before we sign off the air and wish everybody good luck? Yeah, I haven't slept past, like, 5 a.m. In, in, like, two, three months. You know, every tournament's starting, like, 4.30 in the morning here, and I always got to wake up and check and make sure no one, you know, withdrew because of COVID, like Webb Simpson did to me a few weeks ago. And I think it was someone did against, you know, Jason Day, uh, that's your fault, Kobe, for playing Jason Day, but uh, I'm not good. You know, don't feel too bad about that one. But hey, man, I like that flyer of the week. I didn't even know who this guy was until Wildman brought him up, but he came at 23rd of the PGA this year. I mean, for gaining 4.21 approach, he's good off the tee. And back in 2017, I know this is a while ago, he came at 11 at the Open. So I mean, that's a hard course right there, a long rough as always. So um, yeah, let's go, Chan Kim. It's not T. T. Lee this time, is it? Or, or C. Baker, like all these other guys are playing last I didn't even heard of these guys. They're getting paid off. Chan <laughs> Kim is the flyer of the week. Uh, T.W. Man, we actually had a little bit of video going for our YouTube subscribers. We're getting the podcast back on SoundCloud. 
Um, Tory Pines is a great way to kick off a new chapter in the Bones Brothers Media uh, enterprise that we try to got going here. So any final thoughts on Tory Pines before we wish everybody good luck? I'll just take a shot at the PGA Tour because, you know, I like to do that. Can we, can we just have enough of the Kepka versus Desham? But, like, how ridiculous is this? It, it, everywhere you look, it's like Bryson versus Brooks. Are you Team Bryson or Team Brooks? Like, Kepka's this bad boy. You want to talk about Hollywood actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's like a Hollywood actor bad boy. He like, plays dude, the you're, part. Like, you're some country part, clubber. Man. Just relax, man. Like, you're, you know. The, the the announcers are like he's like a linebacker. Well, Kepka's you know? winning. Kepka is winning the the battle of public opinion, which I think is a little frustrating for the for the people out there that think he's a little arrogant and things like that. But let me just say this: DeChambeau doesn't do himself any favors. But a guy like Brad Faxon, who is in, who is completely irrelevant to the PGA Tour right now, is going to suggest these outrageous things so that Brad Faxon, who's starved for attention can be in the limelight here there is no way the pga went to a player to ask them about pairings and there's no way the pga would put such a spectacle on during the biggest event of the year i know it's almost like uh wherever brad faxon got this information he either fabricated it out of thin air or has has a source who's worth a shit but he felt compelled to come out and say that so that Brad Faxon could be in the media. Let's just square that away you, you, right now. You know who his source was? Probably Sal Governale. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Captain Jenks. Yeah, Craig. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, it is uh, the best event of the year. I know we love the Masters because it kicks off tournament season, but it's played at the same course every year. And it is a tradition unlike any other. But the U.S. Open is America's, you know, tournament um, at some of the great municipal golf courses and country clubs throughout America. So we're all looking forward to that. Tory Pines, again, if you're an East Coast person, it is going to come on three hours later than normal golf would. And uh, Bones DK, can we get your plays of the week on Twitter? Are you going to be dropping those anytime soon? Yeah, I'll put my top plays out, and uh, I wish everyone luck this week. Uh, this, this ride, this heater, I want, I want the fans to win. I want everyone to win that's following us and believing in us. And, uh, you know, if you have certain questions about players, uh, feel free to reach out to me, DM me. But I really wish everyone luck. Let's win some money this week, guys. Follow us on Twitter. Get us on YouTube. You can follow us on SoundCloud as well. So any platform, we got the video. We got the audio. He is Bones DK Golf, a winner of $120,000 in this last calendar year in the PGA Tour. He splits it with TW Man 66, who's rocking and rolling down there in Tampa Bay. I am Golf Guy WV. You can follow me on Twitter. My quest to 100 rounds. I'm at 38 and a half right now, and I'd take the over if I was a betting man, which, let's be honest, we all are. Good luck this week at the U.S. Open. Tory Pines, thanks for listening to the Bones DK Golf Show.